If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What up, Space Fam? Golden here from Anime Uproar, and I'm back at it again to discuss the latest developments in the oh-so-exciting One Piece story. If you enjoyed these One Piece reviews and want to keep them coming, the best thing you could do is smash that like button and share this video with a friend. If you haven't, be sure to subscribe, and this is crucial, hit that notification bell or you will miss future One Piece reviews. Keep in mind there will be spoilers in this video, we are talking about the latest One Piece chapter, chapter 976 after all. The cover for the Shonen Jump magazine is epic this week. It includes Luffy sharing a drink with Goldie, Roger, and Odin. Talk about a hype cover. Luffy is clearly in good company, a company of kings. After all, all of these guys possess Conqueror's hockey, which represents having the qualities of a king. Odin was the rightful ruler of Wano, Roger was the pirate king, and as we know, and as is being suggested here, Luffy will also become a king, the king of the pirates. Alright, enough of me gushing over the cover, let's jump to the chapter. This chapter is called Allow Me To Introduce Myself, suggesting that someone will show up in this chapter, who isn't already there. As usual, keep the chapter name in mind as we go on since it shall be relevant. We're told that Kinemon achieved a feat despite himself, referring to how he accidentally misread Yasuo's message and as a result gave the wrong information to his close friends. In doing so, Kanjuro the traitor gave the wrong info to Orochi. Thus, Kinemon kept Orochi from destroying their forces by making him believe they were at another port. Last chapter was hilarious and Kinemon played it off like he planned it the whole time, but his samurai friends know him too well. They tried to make him fess up that he actually misread the message. Kinemon admits that he got lucky. He says that he might die today in battle because he's just used up a life's worth of luck. Here Oda is pointing fun at the fact that the whole Kinemon accidentally tricking Kanjuro situation was insanely lucky, and suggesting that from here on out, they can't rely too much on luck in the fight to come. His fellow samurai remind Kinemon that he's their leader, so he's spending all of their luck as well, not just his own. They're telling him that they are all in it together come what may, one for all, all for one. And if Kinemon runs out of luck and dies, they will too. Kinemon is clearly touched, but he plays it off in order to deflect the sappiness of the moment. Then Kinemon looks determined and proclaims that whatever his fate is, he will accept it. I love that. These guys don't know what's gonna happen, they are well aware that they are probably walking towards their death, they're gonna take on two Yonko after all. However, they are ready for death and following Denjiro's advice, Kinemon raises his sword into the air proclaiming to everyone that they're going to dispel the humiliation done to Odin and change the face of Wano. The hype is real, Kinemon is the man, and this moment really highlights A how brave these guys are and B how high the stakes are. They're risking their lives for Odin's memory and for the future of Wano. The beast pirate extras think they can do something because they have a warship while our guys just have boats. Somehow I have a feeling that things won't go according to their plan. But finally we go to Kanjuro. 
Remember, he's kidnapped Momonosuke, and I was wondering what's gonna happen with that. Will someone save Momonosuke or what? Kawamatsu is the one who steps up. Remember, he's a fishman, and so he goes through the stormy seawater like it's nothing. As he's swimming, we get news that the Beast Pirates couldn't contact Onigashima because the banquet is holding them up. The banquet for Kaido and Big Mom. Oh man, they're so close to the Yonko, and that's got me unbearably hyped up right now. Kawamatsu shoots from the water at Kanjuro. Keep in mind, Kawamatsu is super strong. He was one of the nine scabbards along with Denjiro and Ashura who was singled out by Kinemon as being especially strong. But Kanjuro blocks his blade with his giant ink brush. Then Kanjuro uses a drawing of what looks like a giant crane to fly away. After escaping with Momonosuke from Kawamatsu, he tells him that he will also find Hiyori and kill her since he knows she's alive now. Kawamatsu's face understands looks tortured. Kawamatsu took care of Hiyori in the past and went hungry so she could eat. He loves her like she was his own child and now this dude who just betrayed them and kidnapped Momonosuke says he'll kill her. At this point you gotta hate Kanjuro. Yes, obviously his backstory was tragic, but he was friends with these guys longer than he knew his parents and they had nothing to do with their deaths. Especially Momonosuke and Hiyori, they're completely innocent. Not only is Kanjuro betraying them now, he's even rubbing it in as much as possible. Despite his past, we badly want to see him get his just desserts now. Kinemon is funny and points out how Kanjuro lied to them about being a bad drawer. For our samurai, Kanjuro just drew rotten and not so helpful designs, while he could have been drawing masterpieces that helped them out way more. Now that we know about Kanjuro's skill with his devil fruit powers, he's much more of a threat than he was before. Momonosuke mentions that he's scared of how high they are, while Kanjuro tells everyone present that they aren't threats to Kaido and that they won't even make it to the island. You could say that Momonosuke is not being a very manly leader here, because he begs to be put down, cries about how scared he is, and begs someone to help him. In his defense though, he's only 8 years old, so even if it ended at that point, you gotta cut him some slack. We see Luffy confused about the whole situation. He asks Kanjuro and Momonosuke where they're going. He still doesn't know that Kanjuro was a spy the whole time. Sanji and Robin though are quick to catch on that Kanjuro is the spy. Then a shocked Chopper tells a shocked Luffy that Kanjuro is indeed the spy. Usopp says that he'll snipe Kanjuro down, but an ink cloud begins to form. As Kinemon points out, it's another technique that Kanjuro has been keeping to himself. Kanjuro's low-key very skilled. What follows is another show of his power, but by no means should we assume that he doesn't have more equally effective tricks up his sleeves. The clouds rain down ink arrows. Countless of them come down. They hurt people and destroy ships. Momonosuke is still crying. Again, all he can do is beg Kanjuro to stop so that everyone doesn't die. However, that's exactly what Kanjuro wants. He wants everyone to die along with Oden, and he tells that to Momonosuke, Oden's son. Oda is doing a great job of really making us hate Kanjuro here. You can bet that when our boys get their revenge, it's gonna be extremely satisfying after all this buildup. In the middle of all this action, there's some time for humor as Sanji jumps with an exaggerated expression in order to protect Nami. No matter what's going on, you can be sure that Sanji will be true to his simp nature. 
Kanjuro keeps on rubbing salt on the wound, telling Momonosuke that his dead mom just prolonged everyone's suffering by using her time travel powers to dangle hope in front of everyone while only extending their time of death by 20 years. Then he says that the general of those hardy samurai, referring to Momonosuke, is a cowardly kid who's afraid of heights. He laughs at that, at how they expect someone who's such a coward to rule over a country. But Momonosuke mans up here. This is definitely gonna be one of his defining moments in retrospect. He says that he knows better than anyone that he's not his father. Keep in mind, Odin is an absolute legend. That's something that the flashback chapters help to establish. He's the closest thing Wano had to a Gold D. Roger. Expecting an 8 year old kid to live up to that is not fair, and Momonosuke has been carrying that weight. Despite his fear, he tells everyone to not worry about him. Rather than helplessly waiting for someone to save him, the crying Momonosuke promises to get out of this difficult situation on his own. He knows that it might be impossible for him to escape, but he's willing to, at the age of 8, sacrifice himself for a greater cause. He tells them to go defeat Orochi and Kaido and to protect Wano. This speech brings his followers to tears, and even Luffy is impressed, saying that little Momo behaves like a man. Momonosuke will turn out to be a manly leader yet, it seems. Then we get a beautiful moment of Luffy being Luffy, not caring about social standing whatsoever. He calls Wano's rightful ruler a poor whiny kid as he compliments his speech. In the process, Luffy completely unwittingly upsets Mononosuke's followers. But Luffy ignores them and goes on to tell Momonosuke to survive. Luffy promises that if he can do that, he'll come and save him, since they're friends after all. Momonosuke is touched and agrees, putting on a strong face despite his tears and snotty nose. And he is brave. Brave is not an absence of fear, but doing the right thing in spite of fear, and that's exactly what Momonosuke did. Despite only being 8, and feeling a lot of fear, he prioritized his country to himself, and you can't help but respect that. It's not about tears, it's about not letting tears stop you, and Momonosuke didn't. In the process, he gave his people a huge morale boost. Feeling that energy, Luffy wants to leave immediately for Onigashima. Some people are wounded and some ships are unusable after Kanjuro's ink arrow attack. So they want to hurry up and get to the island before any more problems pop up. The last thing they want is to die at sea before the real battle even begins. The scabbards reunite and even Shinobu is there. Now freed of Kanjuro's surprisingly powerful snakes, she apologizes for not protecting Momonosuke well enough. Kinemon is just glad that she's safe, and assumes that the enemy will keep Momonosuke alive for a while too. Raizo meanwhile asks Denjiro what happened to his face. It's a little moment and the words being exchanged are not as important as the fact that these comrades are finally together again, Denjiro included. Law, being his usual serious self, tells them that his ship is not a hotel for samurai while they thank him for his hospitality. This interaction is hilarious and Law is beautifully frustrated with these guys. He wants to get to business just as the other supernova kid wants to. Kid's not gonna stay behind Luffy and tells his men to get ahead of the Straw Hats. He wants to lead. I really appreciate this epic 3 supernova alliance. Keep in mind these are the supernova captains with the highest bounties as far as we know, so it's just a dream team with Zoro and probably Killer, both supernovas themselves, being thrown into the mix too. And I just love Kid as a character as well. I think he's a very interesting character foil to the pure-hearted Luffy. Just then, long-range cannons fire at them. One beast ship isn't beat yet, 
and they are using technology of all things to attack. Ah, technology, the weak man's hockey. But in all seriousness, it's interesting how technology does play a significant role in One Piece to the point where you can create strong pacifistas, enhance a strong warrior like Kuma, and even create artificial devil fruits. Here we have high quality weapons entering the mix in the form of cannons. Kaido has factories that produce high quality weapons, and they're nothing to sneeze at. Now these guys are significantly far away and can hit our dudes, while our dudes seemingly are too far to hit them back. We get another three panel split of the supernova captains, again giving us some great contrast and insight into their different personalities. Law beats himself up for being too careless. He should have been smarter. Luffy doesn't think about the past, he just wants to solve the problem by ramming into it. He just wants to go maximum speed straight ahead. Kid, the most funny, is the only one breaking into a smile and saying that a few samurai ships sinking is not his problem. He's so unapologetic about not caring that it's funny. Denjiro notices that the ship is keeping its distance while firing, so it keeps sinking more ships. If they can't close the distance, all the boats will sink before they get to Onigashima. And just as the Beast Pirates are confident of victory, bang! Something goes straight through their ship, destroying it. There are speculations as to what's happening. Is it the work of Ghost Babies? Usopp, however, believes that Ghost Babies would attack in a more peaceful way, so it can't be Ghost Babies. Another hilarious convo right in the middle of the hype. Someone is standing there, but who? Who saved them? He introduces himself as a fishman and as a new recruit of the Straw Hats, showing how important being a Straw Hat has become to his identity. Of course, it is Jinbei, the Knight of the Sea, who stayed to fight with the Sun Pirates in order to help them survive and to help the Straw Hats get away from Big Mom's crew. He survived and he's back in all of his epic former warlord glory. And the reaction of the other supernova captains is amazing because anyone, even Big Mom, would love to have the 438 million bounty Jinbei as part of their crew. But Luffy gets the honor, and the others are somewhere between disbelief and jealousy. Law is just like, no way, while Kid is openly shocked. A priceless reaction. As promised, Jinbei, the helmsman of the Straw Hat Pirates, has come back to his captain alive, right in time for battle. Luffy's ecstatic, with stars in his eyes at seeing Jinbei, and the rest of the Straw Hats are excited too. You can feel their love through the page, and having the crew together is the cherry on top of the hype cake that will be this upcoming battle. So glad to see the oh-so-powerful Jinbei make his return. When you think about it, every pirate crew, since they spend so much time at sea, should have at least one fishman on their crew, if not more. They're insanely useful and powerful at sea, and Jinbei is just the best. And that is it for this chapter review. Momonosuke became a man, Jinbei returned, and we got more of Kid, which is always awesome. The last ship threat has been dealt with, and we are ready to get to the island in the next chapter, where the Big Mom pirates and Beast pirates should be banqueting. We're so, so close to what is sure to be an epic climax of this arc. Let me know what you think is going to happen in the next chapter. How will the initial meeting between our guys and the Yonko go down? If you enjoyed this review, make sure to smash that like button and share this video with a friend. If you haven't, be sure to subscribe, and this is crucial, hit that notification bell or you will miss future One Piece reviews. I've been making more One Piece videos, so leave recommendations for videos you would like to see in the comments. 
A special thank you goes out to our patrons over on Patreon who help us survive YouTube issues and help make videos like this one possible. First and foremost, I want to thank the legend, acknowledged by Lord Twigo, Senpai Sama himself, Baby Ray, and the one-tier patrons, the ones who stand atop all clans, Steven Ingrata, Alola Natem, The World, Steelers, The School Bus, Tyson Quirino, A Quiet Respect, and Pate Hefa. And our pro hero tier patrons, the one and only Gilgamesh, nothing but a fan, Jason Wilson, King Zeldris, Anatoly Kazatsky, Angel Cruz, Team Sparky65, Rohan Kapoor, Cricket XP, Ted No Ted, Jalter, Joe Stanton, Barry Gucci, Alicia Actor, Animal69, Jessica Califon, Emperor Otaku, JCC Waka, and The Coach. Thank you all so much. If you enjoy our work, you can support more of it by going over to patreon.com slash animeuproar and becoming a patron today for as little as $1. If you do so, you'll get your name featured in future videos alongside these amazing people right here, and you'll even get access to our private patron-only Discord, where we talk about anime life and, of course, the dank memes. So check out patreon.com slash animeuproar, link in the description if you're interested. You can also now join the YouTube channel and support more content that way if you prefer. Whichever way you choose to support us, you can get the same great benefits. Thanks again, and until next time, see you space cowboys. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's join M-I-D-I dot com.